Hello, church, and happy belated birthday. Just a heads up, I'm a little pumped up. I can't help it. Pentecost just really excites me. So let's roll the intro and get to it. Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. give Pentecost enough attention. Yes, on Pentecost Sunday on social media, you'll come across all these pictures that say, come Holy Spirit, um, all all that kinds of stuff. But after Pentecost Sunday, I kind of feel like we just fall flat. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because, you know, for Christmas, we have the Christmas octave. And for, you know, so that's eight days after Christmas where, where, where it is Christmas and we walk around telling everyone Merry Christmas. Or, because with Easter, you know, we have the whole like a week of Easter and then we have Easter tide, you know, which leads up until Pentecost. So maybe we're just like still kind of riding that Easter wave and then Pentecost comes and we're just like, all right, cool. Everything's finished. I don't know. But it seems to me like, yeah, today, you know, we've already passed Pentecost and things just seem to be falling flat. So before his ascension into heaven, Jesus promised to send us the Holy Spirit the paraclete, the counselor, the advocate, the comforter. And that last one, comforter, is probably my favorite title for the Holy Spirit. Living in a world that is not your home is rough business. You know what I mean? So all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their fullness belong to Jesus. I just throw that out there as a reminder because I've encountered some folks when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit who get a little uncomfortable or maybe a little judgy because they associate the gifts of the Holy Spirit with a stereotype of the Catholic charismatic movement that they find unsettling. Hopefully, people in that boat can move on from that prejudice by remembering that the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their fullness belong to Jesus. Jesus who wants to share his gifts with us so that we can share in his power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria to the ends of the earth. And this is still true today. It is by the Holy Spirit we are able to understand what Jesus revealed to the world about the Father, about himself, and our salvation. And it's funny that I say understand, because understanding is one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit we're going to talk about. Okay, maybe it's not funny. I just needed a segue to get into this week's topic, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven. I know, I know it was an epic fail. But moving on, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? It can be a bit confusing at first because St. Paul writes on spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then he writes on the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, but he never writes about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So really quick, what are they? The seven gifts are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And just to kind of give you a little summary of each one, wisdom would be to see as God sees. Understanding is to see the essence of something or the deepest meaning of it. Counsel is to have right judgment. And fortitude is to have perseverance. 
Knowledge is to know something personally rather than to know facts about it. Like the difference in Spanish between conocer and saber. Now, I took Spanish in school. I don't know any other languages um, besides what I learned in school, but I do know that saber means to know just facts about something. And conocer means to have a personal, intimate knowledge of a person. Piety is reverence and respect. And fear of the Lord, it's not to be afraid of God, but to be in awe and wonder of him and all his creation. So if St. Paul doesn't give us this list, where do we get it from? Because we don't find it in the Gospels. Or do we? Here's what I mean. When Jesus opens the scroll in the synagogue, he reads a passage from Isaiah that foretells of he who is to come. When Jesus concludes this reading, he says, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus is saying, I am the one Isaiah foretold. So we look back at Isaiah, and in chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, this prophet reveals, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You might wonder, why is it that we hear about these gifts from Isaiah and not in the Acts of the Apostles? The opening of the Acts of the Apostles is this explosive scene of Pentecost where the gifts of the Holy Spirit were released to the masses of believers. Talk about awesome. After that, the pages are riddled with account after account of a church on fire. Tongues of fire, you may say. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to stop. But seriously, the church was on fire. Preaching, healing, working wonders. Dude, Peter only had to walk down the street and people would throw themselves in his shadow and they would be miraculously healed. Talk about crazy. That's just it. The acts of the apostles are action sequences. (laughs) Sorry. Where the apostles... We're comprehending what Jesus had been preaching in public and teaching them in private, and they were out on a mission to bring the kingdom, knowledge of salvation and the kingdom of God to everyone. And I mean everybody. And they were baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And at every single baptism, every Christian received the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just like a chia pet. You add water and then you just watch it grow. Okay, just kidding, just kidding. But I'm totally serious that every baptized Catholic was given the gifts of the Holy Spirit at baptism. And all for the same purpose, to bring the kingdom. This isn't just true for the days during the time of the Acts of the Apostles. The whole New Testament from start to finish is about the kingdom, most of which is from Jesus himself. Matthew explains that the kingdom is coming. He does this by connecting the dots between the prophecies of the Old Testament and Jesus, revealing that Jesus is the awaited Messiah. Luke demonstrates how the kingdom is growing in the Acts of the Apostles, that the church here on earth is a form of the kingdom. Paul writes letters to the churches instructing them how to live together in the kingdom. Do we see a theme here? Again, in John, John is going to tell us of a vision of the perfect kingdom in Revelation. Jesus says that the kingdom is not of this world or from it, 
but it's here on earth now, and that's only because we are. And for that reason, John focuses on the sacraments in his gospel because the sacraments are what lead us towards union with God, which is the goal of the kingdom. So we've gone over the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and their origin in scripture, and we've super summarized the prevalence of kingdom language in the New Testament and the centrality of the kingdom in our faith, but we haven't tied them together yet. And I hate to do this, and I know it's lame. Like, usually, I like to tie everything together in a bright red bow of practical Catholic goodness. But, as the title of this episode says, this is only part one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven. Come back next week, and we'll do just that. We'll tie them together, and I promise you won't regret it. I think your mind will be blown, because I know mine was. Okay. So if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe wherever you podcast to Clumsy Theosis and also follow Clumsy Theosis on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis and come back next week. Like I said, you won't want to miss out on episode two of seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven. Until then, God bless. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.